We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve oh! Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, throws for the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house. And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded Panthers fans, it is a draft edition of the Roar Podcast. We are burning the midnight oil. John Ellis, Billy Marshall coming to you. Uh, the Panthers have made their selection at number eight. J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina, is the pick. And Billy and I are here to break it down. What's going on, my man? Yeah, pretty uh, solid night, I would say, for Carolina. I think so. It was... Uh, guess we can just start with how things looked in the first round, man. It was an interesting dynamic <laughs> turn of events there with obviously the Trey Lance situation uh, happening with San Francisco. I, I sort of felt that that might happen. I think uh, you and I thought with Mac Jones that there was a little bit of smoke there. I know you and I weren't very high on our evals on Mac. And then so Lance goes there and all of a sudden Pitts goes to Atlanta and you're starting to see – Fields and then Sewell drops and we're thinking, oh man, Sewell and Fields might be there. But all along we talked about J.C. Horn as being a guy. You know, you pointed out some reporting uh, a couple days ago that indicated that I've, I've had some sourcing that you know tipped that direction as well. And then sure enough, they get my gosh, he Billy, he's the second highest graded athletic corner from the RAS stuff of all time. He's a he's a freak. Just your thoughts initially on uh, on the cornerback that the Carolinas picked here. 
Yeah, uh, definitely my favorite cornerback in this draft, especially for this team. I mean, his athleticism is just off the charts. I mean, you talk about a guy who has excellent size and length for the position. He has tons of experience playing press and off coverage. I thought he was very physical and strong with his hands when he was jammed up and pressed. You watch that game against Kyle Pitts. I mean, those two are going at it back and forth, and I'm sure we'll see that um, up in upcoming division games. And um, I think he has pretty good change of direction skills. He showed some twitch. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this guy has pretty much everything you're looking for, the explosiveness as well. I mean, you just look at it, how we tested RAS, which is a athleticism metric, has it a 9.99, which is quite – Essentially, crazy. 99th percentile. That's crazy good. He's the second highest on that uh, grading scale of all time. So, you know, our guy Dane compared him to Akib Talib, uh, yeah. and I think that's a great comp. And I, I think that there are some issues with his tackling, um, but I, I think that whenever you get an athlete like this with the instincts, the competitiveness, the athleticism, just the overall body type, I, I think this is. Definitely the type of player you take in the top 10. No doubt. And, you know, I, I talked to a source throughout the week here. You're familiar with this individual, and he's close to the eval process and understood that, you know, Fields was going to be there probably at eight due to some of the conditions there in the first round. And that was somebody Carolina was very much interested in. But at the end of the day, we kept hearing Horn, you and I both, as a name Carolina was extremely high on. And Farley as well. You know, this is what I've heard as well from my source that Caleb Farley was their CB1 for a while until this back issue came up. Obviously, he slides to Tennessee. Sertan doesn't go too much farther after. It goes right uh, next door to Carolina in the draft order. So, I, you know, I think what they're thinking probably was, and again, it was not a very popular pick. You know how fans are. I mean, they saw fields there. They wanted the left tackle as well, and they didn't get either one. But I just think this franchise, you know, for all the things we've, at least I've criticized them for in terms of being a little scatterbrained, a little bit impulsive, this seemed to follow a good process. It fit a positional need, but it was also sort of a BPA pick. Uh, I, I think that they, you know, from what I've heard, he was the highest guy on their board at that point uh, overall. So I, I yeah. think they did a good job staying true to their board, but also, we saw what happened last year with Rasul Douglas in cover three and some man situations. It was not pretty. I'm not sure uh, AJ is going to be a long-term fit. It gives them flexibility with Dante Jackson now. Talked about that a little bit. What, what are your thoughts on where they go next year? Where does Dante go? Does he kick inside? Uh, how do you see that working out? So b before I get to that, I just want to give a quick background on like the process we just talked about and then some of the – um, yeah, how we land at this pick. And I remember I was recording the mock with Danny on Monday. Right. And if you guys recall, towards the end of it, we broke the reporting from Brian Broadus, who said that Carolina is very high on, on J.C. Horn, which makes a lot of sense right. to us. We both agreed that um, this team wants to you know, play more press man coverage and they're looking for the athleticism traits. So we just felt that Horn was a much better fit for our defense than Sertan. I do think Sertan's a very good fit for the Broncos' defense. So it's just about picking your kind of poison. I think both of those guys are good players, but I, me personally, I'm happy they took Horn. I also put a bet that Horn would be the first defensive player drafted, which he was. Yes, were. So I'll just congratulate myself there. Um, <laughs> but, but but no, I, I think that, John, this team, they, they were they 
did a pretty good job of filling holes in the offseason, but they didn't do anything in the in with the cornerback. They let Russell Douglas, who was a starter, just walk. Right. Um, I don't. I mean, who did they sign? They signed a, like the guy from like a journeyman from Jacksonville. I can't. I can't even forget Boye. his name. Yeah, AJ Boye. Who? Who? By yeah, the way, Boye, he, oh, yeah. Boye had a very good year in seventeen, but again, but was the benef- beneficiary of some great pressure. And I just, you know, looking at his tape. I'm not looking at him as anything other than maybe a stopgap one or two year guy. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they 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 had to solidify that opposite Dante Jackson. Rashawn Melvin too, yeah. Yeah, Melvin too as well, and and he's he's got good size. So, I mean, John, they they, they, they so l- let's just l- let's take a look at this defense from um, starting at the front. They invested top ten pick in Derek Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whatever we think about Brown, I don't think he's ever going to reach an elite status. He'll probably be a very good to very good player and that's a discussion for another time and then they have in my opinion a blue chip edge rusher in brian burns and then their linebackers they think you and i don't have to agree but they think that shaq thompson is that guy and now you're finally investing in the secondary which is an area that this team really honestly when's the last time they invested this much in their secondary chris gamble yeah i know it's it's been that long you're right they you know, Bradbury was a first rounder. Norman w- was not a first rounder. Bradbury was a second rounder. Second rounder. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, that was the Vernon Butler year. And I, I think Norman was a late rounder guy, but he developed into a very good corner for them. Yeah, but he I was a fifth in, rounder. In terms of athleticism out of the box, you know, this is again what, what a scout has told me day one starter, highest ceiling of all the corners they had graded out. And I think he comes right in and gives Carolina just that. That Jalen Ramsey type of swagger, too. He's got so much confidence and attitude with the way he plays. You mentioned the tackling, and that's something that needs to improve. But I do like his competitiveness on the edge. I like the ability to mix it up. He gets in there, tries to make plays. He's not scared. He doesn't play afraid. Got some Ken Lucas in him. Remember Ken Lucas from 2005? Plays tight on the line. Good press cover guy. And of all the guys in the draft, the best in terms of that. I saw Tlaib's analysis tonight, too. He was on Left Coast Show, and I thought he did a good job of sort of putting it in perspective. You comped him right up there with Tlaib, and I agree with that. I think there's some, some traits that are similar. He's got long arms. He's, you know, you, you've always talked about athleticism and being long at corner being important to you and this staff. And I just think it's, it's an outstanding value pick at eight. A lot of folks think it's a reach. I just don't see it that way. Yeah, I mean, consensus sport had him at 13, so it's not like, you know, a massive reach like some of the other picks that you've seen. And, and I, I mean, you also have to talk about the value of a cornerback because, you know, you want to – this is this was my biggest issue last year with taking Derek Brown is that Derek Brown is a guy who was going to um, clog the middle and stop the run. But you right. want players that affect the passing game, and that's what J.C. Horn does. Yeah. So, again, um, I, I'm, I'm very pleased that they went that route. I mean, I'm – and here's the thing, too. Jay Glazer yesterday said Horn and Sertan are going to be off the board by 10. And what happened? They were off the board. So yep. I don't yep. think Carolina was in a position to trade down to 12. No, because they weren't. I think, no. um, so if, 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 you know, Philly would have probably given them a third and uh, a fourth or fifth, which I think would have been fine value, but I just felt like, um, you know, you're in that situation where Horn's going to be gone and – Sertan's going to be gone. And on top of that, I mean, you could have gone offensive lineman, but uh, as much as I like Caleb Farley, th- this team is really not in a position to be taking 
a corner with a bad back to be starting on day one. No, not at all. No, that that would have felt that would have felt uh, unsavory. You know, again, the, the things I've heard again from the evaluator I've talked to, Caleb would have been the best, but the injury knocked him down. That's a quote. And Horn has the best upside, and we feel will be the best day one starter. And again, he talked about Pat reminding him of Bradbury. That Sertan gave the he gave the Bradbury comp on that. Very solid corner, day one starter. Is a little more athletic uh, than Bradbury, but not overly flashy. So, again, that's coming from an evaluator in the league that we've talked to as a source who does this every day for a living and, and scouted these guys. And I think it held true to their board that they were just very consistent. Also, you know, Satterfield, who was on this staff last year, is now with the Gamecocks, I believe is their offensive coordinator. And Rule was down there mixing it up at Pro Day. And I think you made this point, too, that he came away very impressed from, from that time with Horn. You've been on the Horn bandwagon for a while now, so props to you for, for nailing it, Billy. Yeah, no, it, it's not necessarily – I think there's a lot of other people who have also been on, um, you know, the bandwagon. I'm sure there's plenty of local fans who are fans of the Gamecocks. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I just – I really feel like this is a player that, you know, for everyone who gets upset about the Panthers not doing enough with their – offensive line and trust me i hear those i feel like they haven't done enough in their secondary um in the draft over the years so um so to me I, I'm, I'm looking at this board now uh heading into tomorrow and you know tevin jenkins everyone wants him but you also have to realize this guy has a you know he his hip is not exactly um in great shape the same yeah. thing with landon dickerson i like these players but again carolina is not should not be in the business of taking players with red flags uh, medically. Nope. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that comes back to the, the Farley issue. That, and, you know, I, I even Darisol had some, some medical stuff that I think it was a groin maybe with him that I was hearing that, that, that concerned a lot of teams out there. So, I mean, you see that. And I, I just to ask, we'll put this in a box here too, because a lot of the, the, the momentum, at least in terms of, what I was hearing, what a lot of people were hearing, you saw Joe Person do a lot of reporting on this. Albert Breer was heavy on this. And my own sourcing had pushed this, you know, Justin Fields opportunity right there in front of them at eight. And that passes them by. And I, I think that's something to monitor. Again, my first reaction to that was, okay, Horn's a great yeah. pick. The franchise quarterback, you know, Fields was like second slash third on my board in terms of QBs. He was right up there with Wilson. And I, I'm I'm just curious to get your take on, again, we, we can't yeah. predict this all out right now. He goes to Chicago. What was your initial thought, and what are your thoughts, I guess, right now on Justin Fields at eight and, and passing them by? Do you think they might have missed an opportunity, or are you not so concerned about that right now? What do you What's your take on that? I'm not really concerned. Well, I do – I don't know, man. It, it's, it's a very, like, nuanced discussion because I don't want to um, – you know, explain the decision as if I'm defending or rationalizing why they did it. Sure. Um, obviously, yes, I, 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 yes, I agree that Justin Fields is a superior quarterback than Sam Darnold. I'm, I'm, you're not going to hear that disagreement from me at all. Um, but I felt that once they made that trade, it kind of put them in a position that they're rolling with Sam, whether we like it or not. Right. Obviously, yes. I, I just, I really think it it would have been just a colossal like mess if you had Fields and Darnold. 
like a, a lot of people are, are really just thinking that this is that it's, it's a tenable situation for the locker room to have two quarterbacks in that type of situation for Chicago. It's fine because I mean, they drafted or they signed Dalton to a one-year deal. So it's, it's not like they had much of a, um, a choice, but for the Panthers who gave up three picks for Darnold, right. I don't know, man. I, I feel like people are kind of forgetting that part, but yes, I, I'm, I'm, I fully empathize with the fan base who believes that Fields is better than Darnold. I'm I'm 100% with you. My only thing is once they made that trade, you can't just double down on QB in that situation. You have to build out a, a roster. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're right. I don't know if, that, if if I'm not that's just kind of my take. Hey, no, it makes total sense. Look, I think, you know, I I I I go twofold here when I do my analysis here. I try to you know, take a deep breath and tell people, look, here's the positives here. Here's the, here's the practical end of what they've done and the upside. And I think we had an easier time explaining that this year, Billy, than we did last year. We knew it's before you and I started doing a pod together, but you and I had talked a lot last year in the draft about Derek Brown. And you and I, I think agreed more so on your part that Derek Brown was not exactly a dynamic fit inside. It wasn't going to be an Aaron Donald type. You and I both knew that and people had to get adjusted to that because that was sort of little bit of the lazy narrative out there though you're going to get a a great three technique dynamo there and it just wasn't that's not who he is he's a he's a space eater and he does a very good job at that but at the seventh position maybe a bit of a reach there now now this year with horn you you can go into like you've said in terms of the athletic traits the production as well i mean he's gone against some some damn good players in the sec and it's fared very well. I mean, he had, Smith got loose a few times on him there, but even the coverage in the, that game was good. You know, he played well against Waddle, played well against Chase, did some good things against Pitts. That's going to be fun to watch. I mean, there was a video I posted earlier about Pitts talking about he's one of his favorite DBs to, to compete against. They're, they're going to be facing each other a lot the way they move Pitts around the field. It's not going to be just chin on Pitts there. You're going to have some one-on-ones where Horn is going to be locked up with Pitts and I think that's going to be fun to watch. So, again, in terms of, you know, looking at the quarterback situation, you're right. They invested in Sam Darnold. Matt Rule talked about it after uh, the draft pick with the presser that, look, we have a lot of confidence in Sam. There's a reason we brought him here. Uh, And I think they've just got to to find a left tackle at some point. You know they got to do that. I mean, they got to figure that out. But I think they always had to get that other corner position locked up. And and this is a big win in that I think. Yeah, and John, I think going into tomorrow, this team, I really think they should be trading down and just accumulating more picks because, yeah. again, I, I like Tevin Jenkins. I want to be crystal clear with that. I, I'm just a little afraid of an offensive tackle or any player who's over 300 pounds with a bad hip. And, again, yep. this team, they tried that. They did not real, Herney did not realize that Greg Little wasn't exactly – he had some medical red flags coming out of Ole Miss. And mm-hmm. that, that situation just turned untenable. I mean, he couldn't stay on the field as rookie season. I mean, to be fair to him, he did play fine as a rookie. But then he lost essentially a year of development, the pandemic year and last year. And now it's just all turning bad. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm vehemently against taking offensive tackles with injury issues. Now, if they want to go in a direction where they take Samuel Cosby or um, – uh, Radunes from North Dakota State. I'm fine. Now, people in this area might laugh at the idea of taking a North Dakota State 
um, offensive tackle, but I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Eichenberg from Notre Dame, another fine issue if, if someone wants to go for a big school guy. Um, so, I mean, those are your three uh, tackle options. But And, again, if they take Jenkins and they're confident in that, then I'm fine. I just feel like, you know, trade down some spots, accumulate some more picks because you really this team really needs more picks. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Um, I mean, I mean, even Dave Gettleman was out here trading down and doing his old thing. Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So to me, again, um, and, and let's just reset it. Everyone knows that offensive tackle is going to be addressed at some point or another. It's going to be addressed. Um, but for you, what else do you think needs to be addressed? I, I think they've got to add a safety, Billy. We've talked about that. So at some point, you know, I, I know they've got Chin there and, and Chin can play everything. He can play free. He can play the box. I think he's better in the box. But they with Trey out of the building now, they, they've got it. You know, we talked about Richie Grant. Uh, I know there is – who's the other safety that's on the board right now? His name escapes me. He's going to go second round. Herring. Yeah, I, I like him. What, what, I mean, give me your thoughts on that. In turn, would, would safety be a, a position you'd look at to, to, to back fill what they just did at corner? Or is that something well, I'm telling you, Matt, with, with, with maybe a third or fourth round pick? Well, I, I can tell you for a fact, and I've said it on this show, that Matt Rule does like the guy, you know, the TCU safety. Richie, yeah. Merrig. Oh, Merrig. Okay, yeah, right, right. Yeah, the TCU safety, Merrig, uh, Morig, Merrig. Yep. Uh, but I also know for a fact that Rule was speaking very highly of the UCF safety at the Senior Bowl, Richie, Richie Grant. Grant. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. We talked about so, that on our Senior Bowl pod. And so that stuck just, with me. And Richie's yeah. Grant tape, I like a lot. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm just looking at it from – you know, a standpoint of them potentially like moving back five to six slots, picking up an extra fourth or fifth rounder, maybe fourth rounder more ideally. Um, and you can potentially get Grant or Merring in that situation. Now, Merrick, I don't know where he lasts. You know, the NFL draft always, you know, presents new surprises. I'm surprised right. the Notre Dame linebacker, JOK, is still on the board. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think if if they're looking for that safety, I think Merrig or Richie Grant are viable options for them. Um, but you know, John, I, I really have to say it, and I'm like, I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm in the minority here. But I, I really think they need to be addressing skill talent too. Wide receiver, right? I mean, Deami Brown in the third round would be good. Yeah. Uh, you got some names. I mean, again, you get later down the draft, you got Daz Newsome, Cornell Powell. We've talked about Amari Rogers in the slot, Nico Collins. And all those Clemson guys are probably going to Jacksonville. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's crazy, right? I mean, I I posted that thing. I was like, it's cool to see them reunited. I started thinking about. It. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. But uh, cool but no, I, I agree. I, I this is a decent wide receiver draft, but I, I would like to see them use. I mean, you know, Matt Rule has had how many draft picks now, and all of them have been defense. I I think at some point you got to give your guy Joe Brady some help too. You do, because you, you've mentioned this before. You and I have talked about Robbie being on a, a shorter-term uh, deal here. DJ there, you know, picking up the option. That'll that'll be a long-term deal, no doubt. But David yeah. Moore, I mean, we're not sold on him being the answer there. He's a decent vertical guy to punch in there and get some deep shots, but he's not going to be your prototypical Curtis Samuel slot type of, of threat there, which is why I come back to a guy like Amari Rogers who can do some really good things for you in a later round and come in 
And again, I get some familiarity watching a lot of his tape and his film last year covering Clemson. But again, I, I like a lot of what he did to the Senior Bowl. Matt Rule got some exposure to him. I think that's a guy to look out for. And I think you're right. You can't ignore wide receiver. I mean, you even, you know, the tight end situation too with Dan Arnold, Ian Thomas, I think they're okay right now there. But I think with wide receiver, man, they, they've got to add a few guys, at least maybe yeah. a couple guys. And then UDFAs later, they can add one or two there. But at least in the draft, one or two receivers would be a nice thing later rounds to, to pick up. And you, we also have to remember that McCaffrey isn't – he's coming off an injury. So right. we don't know, like, how – like, as much as we expect him to be back 100%. That's why I feel like um, saving yourself and getting a skill player really just helps, um, helps Sam Darnold. That's what you're trying to do. Yep. Yeah, you got Gainwell, Herbert, Hawkins, some good backs too available. So maybe they'll they'll dip into that pool as well. But you know, we'll we'll have to see. They have uh, obviously lost Mike Davis, so they're going to have to find some balance. I think they need a power back to to complement. You know what what McCaffrey does. They need somebody to spell him. Uh, but it's 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 fascinating. I think there's some good names out there. And uh, th- this first round again, it it was really fun to watch. I, as I told people coming in, you know, look, don't. Don't get too disappointed if it's not the quarterback. Don't don't freak out if it's not Fields, because that's the you know, fans wanted a quarterback. They wanted Fields. It, it didn't happen. But Horn to me, it's like one of those picks that it, it's not a sexy pick for a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people, at least from the they should know more because he's a gamecock, but I don't think there's a lot of knowledge and understanding of just how good he is. He's just a name. Obviously he's Joe Horn's son, great pedigree. That was cool to watch. But I, I like to pick a lot. Again, it, every, to, to every team their own. Each team has their own board, their own needs. It's hard to look at it from a 1-32 to 32 perspective and say, well, they reached there. Well, you know, every team has what they want. And I think you're right. The team's right behind Carolina. We're going to gobble them up. I'm surprised I, you know, the Saints were rumored to move up to the Lions pick. Um, that would have been interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they didn't do that because I think they were looking at Horn themselves. I really do. I agree. All right. Well, Billy, it was fun, man. We're going to do it all again uh, here later today. And, and, and obviously we're, we're recording this early in the morning of uh, Friday. Got another round or two coming up here. And of course, Saturday we'll bleed some more action into the draft. But uh, as always, this is fun, man. We're going to keep tabs with each other on Twitter. Uh, Billy Marshall on Twitter, John Ellis on Twitter here. Check us out and we will have another edition of the Roar to wrap up the draft here, here after the draft uh, concludes for Billy Marshall. John Ellis, thanks for listening to this very special edition of a J.C. Horn first-round pick, Roar Podcast. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.